Welcome back to the Potluck Podcast. Week one is in the books, and what a week one it was. A lot to cover from week one, and even more to preview for week two, so let's get to it. Let's go. listening to the Potluck Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Commerce Football. Welcome back, welcome back. Uncle Son to my right, the beautiful outdoors all around you. You being the listener. Song, the only thing around song is just the walls, unfortunately. <laughs> yep. And they're closing in. <laughs> Getting uh, closer. What's going on, Song? How you been? What's going on? Oh, been great today, Dino. I had a, a long day at work. Got home. Slinging mail? I slung some mail, sold some stamps, mailed some packages. I feel like this would be a downtime for, for the... At Maysville, we're always on, Dino. That's true. We the always big city of Maysville. Do a lot of business over there. That's what I hear about Maysville is the post offices humming all the time that's the way we like it but uh yeah i had a good day got over here you fed me some nice cheese tortellini and Mm. a little caesar salad oh yeah uh i brought over a cookie cake and had had some (laughs) supper you know it was was good sometimes that's how you gotta start the potluck podcast yeah with a little breaking of the bread with a little potluck supper (laughs) everybody brought something well kind of is a potluck how you been doing I've been doing great, you know, hanging in there. I've had some sick kids this week. You know, last week kind of ran into this week, and it's just been sort of a blur for the first part of the week. But today, like, everybody was on the mend. We're back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Graham's all fired up, ready ready to go to the game tomorrow, like like most of the commerce. And uh, there's a reason for that. Look at that transition I just did there. <laughs> Smooth. So tell us about last week, Son. You, you were up in uh, Simpsonville. Yeah, last week was great. I think we were talking earlier in the week, maybe yesterday, that uh, – Last Friday's win over Southside Christian may be the biggest win of the Mark Hollers era in Commerce. I think there's a debate between Washington Wilkes last mm-hmm. year and Southside Christian this year on which win is bigger. Yeah, I think I certainly felt better after this win uh, because I wasn't at the Washington Wilkes game. I, I was I was not there. You were there. Yeah, I think in both cases there was a lot of uncertainty about how the rest of the season would go, I guess. Yeah. Um, but probably more so this year than being the first game. Yeah. So that's probably the reason of the feeling so good walking out of the stadium. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it felt like at the end of the game, it, it wasn't just it felt like there were more Commerce fans there than Southside Christian, and Commerce filled the bleachers. It looked packed. It, it looked like was. Southside had a good crowd too, though. Southside had like a, like a community tailgate thing, so like a bunch of parents were there, and it was packed. It was full. It's a great opening game. Um, we got up there early and kicked around in Greenville for a while, and I will say, before don't, the game, don't. All right, go say it. Before the game, I touched the nose of the bronze pig. In downtown Greenville, 
What does that mean? There's a bronze pig that was sent as a gift from Florence, Italy, to oh. to the city of South Carolina, and legend has it that if you rub its nose, that it's good luck. So, I'll be driving up tomorrow night to Greenville to rub that pig's nose, <laughs> and then I'll come back to the game. But uh, that, it, I, th- I thought you were getting ready to say, you know, Greenville's just a nice little town. I'd like to. I think I might just move there. <laughs> I thought Joe had done infiltrated your brain and and, and, and turned you into an upstate. South Carolina purple and purple and orange club member out there. I did You're see. The, are you in the Dabo Sweeney cult? I'm not. Okay, I'm good. Not. Uh, I did see Joe though. It was good to see him. We watched. He was down there with Bree. Bree was sitting with. Uh, Can't get him to come to a game. Let's see Greenville. I know. I Greater know. Greenville. Come on, Joe. Bree was sitting down there with uh, Terry and Stacy Miller, and uh, every once in a while, when a big play to happen, you'd see Joe slinking away. Like he'd come up there and like <laughs> get to hang out with me, and uh, I also ran into Joseph Penzen, uh, who is a listener of the Potluck Podcast. Ran into him and a former Tiger Marching Band member, and we watched the game together. Nice. So that was really fun. And Danny Dean told me that the barbecue restaurant was excellent. Awesome. So good, Rick. Then, yeah. Thanks for Joe for that too. It was it was a good recommendation from Joe. He also hooked me up with a great place in uh, downtown Greenville called Smoke on the Water, which was really good. Nice. Uh, but as far as the game goes, um, <laughs> wait, wait one second. Since we're talking about listeners, I do want to. We have to bring up the fact that for, somehow we keep growing in Germany. We're so in I don't nine know if countries. There, there has to be military like. Or it's either an accident or there's somebody in the military that went to commerce that listens to the pod in Germany. It, like the station there. It's mind-boggling that... We two, still got, like, uh, Air Force Base or something there, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Like, and, I mean, I can't, fi- I can't figure it out because with every episode, there's always somebody from Germany that listens. It, it is bizarre. What if there's just a huge fan of commerce that lives in Germany and just decked out, like, commerce? Downtown stuff. Berlin. Yeah, like his room is just... <laughs> Coated with the sea. Like he loves golfers. <laughs> oh, it'd be funny. You also made a Polak joke last week. So. I did. I did. That was probably a hit in Germany. <laughs> well, we doubled. We, we doubled our normal German listeners. So. <laughs> <laughs> we went from one to two. Oh, but anyways, talking about, <laughs> talking about football. Ready, break. Talk about it. Well, uh, I sat down earlier this week and typed out a bunch of things about the game. And every week we get a file deposited into our inbox via email, and it's from former legendary commerce statistician Jeff Prickett. And we've started re- referring to these files collectively as the Prickett files. So so we got a Prickett file this week, and Mr. Prickett wrote a summary of the game, and I think it describes it perfectly. So I'm just going to read it for you guys. It begins... Jaden Daniels led the Tigers in rushing against the Sabres with touchdown runs of 6, 2, and 23 yards while toting the mail on 16 carries for 94 yards on the eventful evening. Now, let me stop you right there. I think that might be a shout-out to you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe Jaden will be a mailman in the future. Maybe maybe it's a little foreca- uh, foreshadowing. Uh I hope not. I hope he plays football for a long time. He's a good ball player. The Postal Service is where dreams go to die. Uh, Continuing on here. The score was was tied at the half, 14-14, but following a 31-yard field goal early in the fourth quarter, 
the Sabres took a slim 17-14 lead. However, the never-say-die Tigers, two possessions later, following a short punt of 30 yards, took possession with less than six minutes to go six minutes to go in the game at the Commerce 41. Running the option offense out of the I formation and on the first play of the drive, quarterback J.P. Allen skirted off left end on a keeper play and burst for 34 yards in front of the Tiger bench to the host 25-yard stripe. Two plays later and running the same option play, this time Allen pitched to Daniels who took the pigskin around left end and throttled his way to the end zone for the winning score at 21-17, ending the Sabres' 23-game winning streak. The Tigers had no turnovers in the game. And that's great, great couple of reads for J.P. Allen. Oh, phenomenal pitch at the end phenomenal of the game. Phenomenal pitch. Phenomenal I mean, key. Phenomenal on the, key. On that 34-yarder. I went – so uh, I think Lamar Lamar Daniels, Jaden's uh, dad, was at the game, and he was filming some of the plays and retweeting them on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And I got to watch some of the film, and we were selling that fullback so hard. And it set up those two big late runs because every time JP would, would give to Tyshawn – the whole south side defense would collapse on the fullback. And then he pulled at the last minute minute and took it off the end and got that big gainer. And then he did the same thing later and pitched it to Jaden. There wasn't nobody around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was walking in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, but beautiful play from JP. Uh, Jaden had a great game. He ran, uh, had a big long run in the first half, too, that was real tough. Broke some arm tackles. Um, one thing was funny earlier this week I was talking to Jesse and he was saying that he remembered one thing about Dustin JP's dad when he was a quarterback was that he would often make option pitches as he was being tackled like he was really good at pitching the ball late getting it out at the very last second yeah it is pulling the defense that's like exactly what that's the ideal you know quarterback as long as you don't turn it over which he didn't very much and and JP's doing the same thing, and it's really exciting watching him run the quarterback position. Um, at other points of view in the game, we did a really good job on defense. We had, I mean, the defense honestly kept us in the game. There were some times where they were out on the field. I think the third quarter they were mm-hmm. out on the field the most most of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Hill, Colton Hill, Jack Fagan, Jakari Huff. Talon Carroll, Pat Mintz, Michael Duncan, all these guys had big big games. The whole defensive line played really well. Uh, backers did too. And and then the secondary did really well with that quarterback. You know, that quarterback was highly touted, uh, all-state type guy. And he was good. He was good. He was good on the run, but we flustered him, and he made yeah. some really bad decisions throwing the ball. Um, he already touched on the option. What we saw good from Friday night, uh, the wide receivers though we didn't we didn't talk about them. They had some really good blocking on the perimeter. Uh, Matthew Simpson. There was a lot of good blocks on the perimeter. There there were especially those two runs that I got to see on film. Uh, Matthew Simpson I think was one of those guys, and then number twenty five uh, was I I think he's a younger guy and I forget his name, but he had a really good block too. 
And then the, without the O-line, nothing happens. And I was watching the line like I always do. And I, I looked up one time when we ran midline, and I, I counted the yards, like, from the line of scrimmage, and we'd move the defense three or four yards off the ball. And that's exactly what you want to see. Um, special teams, we did a great job. Special teams uh, got a special interview coming up, and and that'll be discussed in the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, but without the special teams, that, that game's a different game. Um, what about things that we, we might have could have done better on Friday night, Dino? Well, first, just before we get into kind of where we can grow – I watched on, on the WJJC, obviously, uh, here at State at the House. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the pod last week. And it's like Southside Christian, there was just, there was, they were never really in any close games during that stretch. Yeah. They had a, a couple that were within two touchdowns, but they never had like a dog fight to the very end. Right. And I think about. Somewhere around the third quarter, maybe even in the second quarter, they kind of realized, like, okay, this this is a dogfight. Yeah. And I think that that kind of helped Commerce a ton. I mean, Commerce yeah. has been in a ton of dogfights, you know. It's just one of those things that uh, we did consider it, you know, leading into it, but mm-hmm. we also didn't know the caliber of the competition they were playing. Yeah. Uh, and, who, who, you know, who they were blowing out. So um, it was good to see us kind of – fight kind of drag we'll kind, of, we'll kind of like just just drag somebody out yeah just kind of just gut punch them just uh jab them and and until they're and beat until, them. until it's time to time to knock them out yeah um so that that was good to see yeah and um, and Southside was a good team too no, they like, were very good i mean you could clearly see i mean we were we had we were texting back and forth the whole game Early on, I mean, it was like, gosh, like these these guys are good. They're yeah. quick. They're big. Like you can tell that they're disciplined. That their quarterback's really good. Yeah. And it, you know, it looked shaky. You know, at the first couple of couple of uh, couple of, of possessions there. But man, you know, Commerce hung in there. And um, but no, yeah, Southside they were good. They were legit. Yeah, and that shows maturity from Commerce. Like you can get in a game, and somebody can can. Get, have some success and have an early score, and you get down. Like if you start doubting yourself, you can lose very quickly that that way. But I was really impressed that we had the maturity to settle in and settle down, and and come back and fight. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. I, I mean, I I think the number one thing that stuck out, especially on film, it probably was probably stuck out, or well, not on film, but watching on the computer. Um, probably stuck out in the stands too was just kind of uh, jailbreak screens yeah um, we could definitely tighten that up a little bit yeah. uh, it's something it seems like I it, I think it's not like a commerce thing I think it's like a high school football thing yeah it's just it's hard to kind of be disciplined enough to not to, to kind of see what's going on <laughs> and kind of read that yeah um, I, I think our defensive line especially in the interior you got Pap and then uh Michael Duncan, who are both sophomores and both really good players, but they're aggressive. Yeah. And the way that you counter an aggressive defensive line is with a screen. Yeah. Because you dump it right behind them. And as the game went on, we got better at defending the screen. Uh, Southside ran one on a fourth down, and Cole Hill snuffed it out. Yeah. And it was a potluck football turnover on downs. Yeah. Um, so, 
we got better as the game went on, but I think a screen pass is something that we, we have to be aware of in oh, yeah. the future. For sure. Uh, what else you got? What, what were some of the other bads that you were... There weren't a whole lot of bad things. I, I think that sometimes on kickoff coverage, we weren't necessarily tackling very well. Um, and I think that that happened on defense, too, and on the first drive. Um, you know, if you go back and watch that first drive on film, Southside gashes us for 20 or 30 yards a couple times, and they br- I think that time they scored on that first drive, the guy broke three or four tackles en route to the end zone. So we got to be fundamentally sound. we got to tackle and, and get that guy to the ground and wrap up. Any last thoughts before we kick it over to uh, your interview? Uh, I unfortunately could not make it. Saul did a great job, though. Uh, with uh, We got Coach Hollers, we got Cole Hill, and we got Jack Fagan. I don't have anything to say. Let's roll right into it. Uh, last thing to say for me was, hey, it was awesome. Great win. <laughs> it was. Uh, let's kick it over to them. Mason Westmoreland here, joined with some very special guests today. Uh, Coach Mark Hollers of the Commerce Tigers, uh, Cole Hill, not Cole, I, you got your number on so I can tell, and Jack Fagan. Uh, these guys had a great win Friday night up in Simpsonville, South Carolina over Southside Christian. Um, Coach, can you tell us a little bit about the game Friday night? Uh, Friday night was a special night for our program, and it was a night where I think our kids got to cash in on all their hard work. So if you go back to the winter weightlifting and all the summer training, I don't think there was a day that went by the summer where we didn't talk about Southside Christian. Yeah. You know, everybody's talking about playoffs, region playoff, region teams, and I think our kids did a great job of staying focused on Southside Christian. And our kids understood we were playing a very good opponent. They had won 23 games in a row. They had won two state championships in a row. And what we talked about was, you know, they're a great team, but they hadn't played Commerce. And uh, we just went in there believing in ourselves, trying to play our style of football and really proud of our kids for number one, the way they stuck together. Uh, Two, the the way they played the game, just the heart and leaving everything they had on the field. And, And then third, the way they executed. And, you know, it was great to, see that final seconds tick off and see the smiles on their faces. It, it made all the summer conditioning, all the summer hard work, it, it's, it makes it worth it. So it's great to see them, you know, get a reward for all that blood, sweat, and tears. Yes, sir. It was a really great night, not just for the team, but for the fans. I think I was there watching it with my buddy Joe Sanders, and I was punching him in the ribs all night just because I was so fired up. Uh, I'll tell you, I want to say something about our fans. We were just talking about this. In the fourth quarter, it felt like we were at home. Yeah. You know, to when we went on defense, to have our stands stomping and chanting defense, and they drowned out the home crowd. Yeah. You couldn't hear the home crowd, and I know it energized our guys. <laughs> you know, we appreciate our fans, and just to go on the road and travel and support us means the world to us. So thank you for all the people that came out and saw us. Yes, sir. So, uh, a big part of playing the Commerce way, which Coach Hollers was talking about, is playing physical and playing with a lot of effort. And uh, Cole, 
you led the team in tackles this past Friday night with 11 tackles. You play linebacker. Um, what's your favorite part of playing linebacker? Uh, so uh, my favorite part of playing linebacker is uh, definitely like getting to punch somebody in the mouth every play. Um, I like to just see like teams like whenever I hit them, they just start buckling their chin straps again. Like, and they're all dizzy and stuff like that. But I also like linebacker because I get to lead the defense to like whatever we need to do. And um, I'm the I'm the boy dog on the defense really. Um, and coach Coach Hardy preaches about that all the time about how um, linebackers are supposed to be the meanest, the nastiest person on that field. And I feel like I fit that role. And uh, I feel like my teammates think I fit that role. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, uh, you played great Friday night. Uh, I'm also joined by Jack Fagan, senior. You played defensive end, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, you had a big sack uh, Friday night. What'd that feel like? Oh, heart rushing, man. You know, <laughs> right when I got that sack, you know, the crowd was cheering, my teammates were patting me on the back saying, good job. Uh, I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that. Well, we know um, you were on defense in 20 and then sat last year out with injury. Yes, what what did it feel like to be back? feels great, you know. The fans, you know, uh, one guy the other day said it was glad to have me back, and I really appreciate that, you know. Yeah. It sucked not playing last year and not be able to play with my team, but coming back and, you know, helping the team out whenever I can, it's, it's awesome. Well, I remember uh, specifically down there at Washington Wilkes in 20, you had a great game. So we – we're excited about this season for you. Now, uh, Cole, you talked about being a leader on the defense. What what does that leadership look like day to day? Um, it's it's really like making sure that my whole team is rushing to the ball every play on defense. Um, making the well, I'm, I play scout team during offense or when they're doing offense, and I'm making my offense better by plugging gaps and hitting them. And it's just like it's just being being a, the guy. Like on the defense and like but I couldn't do it without my defense that front line was amazing against Southside and um I couldn't have done it without that front line and then the DB stepped up as well and um our whole team was just one unit and I and it, it wasn't just one person doing that like it was the whole team as a brotherhood and so um I I don't give credit to me I give credit to the whole team uh offense defense special teams um anything really it's all just it's a great game all right uh well coach this is the first time we've done this uh really we've had one game two scrimmages so coming off of the off season like preseason is there any player or specific unit that you would like to highlight for having a great off season and increasing their skill you know i think it's just what cole was talking about we think in terms of team right um I think everybody here is pushing each other every day to be the best they can be. And so, you know, I think each unit's trying to make the other unit better every day. Right. And uh, I think we're trying to hold each other accountable to a certain standard of how we practice each day mm-hmm. and the effort that we put in. And, you know, the big thing with that is just staying that team mindset, you know, where. I've coached at the college level, and it felt like we were two teams. Mm. You have an offense, you have a defense, and um, just not playing for a common goal. So for us, Cole just touched on it beautifully. It's, you know, 
we win when all three phases do their job. And I, I think all three phases have gotten better. Our special teams were big the other night. Sure. You know, we made all three extra points, which turned out to be big because if they only need a field goal at the end of that game, it's a whole different strategy and play call. When you need a touchdown, it's a different deal. And, uh, you know, it allows you defensively to even do things differently. Uh, our punt game was tremendous. We executed a fake punt. Uh, we had two punts over 50 yards and pinned them down. And so, really, it's just these guys understand we have to come out each week and prove ourselves, and we cannot stay the same. So, we have a hungry Murphy team coming in. We respect them. Uh, they play hard. They play for each other. They've got a great tradition. They're a lot like Commerce, to be honest with yeah. you. They're hard-nosed, gritty football team, and they're 0-1. And we know they're going to come in here wanting to get their season, get back on track. So our guys, I think they understand that Friday nights at 7.30, we have to be at our best. And, and that's everyone doing their job, trusting their teammates. You know, when you just do your job and trust your teammates and let them do their job, this thing works out well, and and that's what we try to do. We you know, we try to do our part so that the other guys can do their part, and we're playing a lot of kids right now. Mm -hmm. You know, Murphy. Murphy has nine or ten kids that play both ways, and they play every special team. And right now, we have two guys playing both ways, and you know, I think that was a factor last Friday night. We wore them down, and uh, that's something we want to do again this week is wear them down, and it's just. It's all units working together. So, you know, I, I think as a whole group, we got better this summer. And, you know, the kids understand we all have to get better every week. We're only, you know, like we're only as good as our scout team makes us. So, like Cole was saying, it's, it's, it's all of us pushing each other. Yes, sir. One last question for you, Cole. Uh, I've known you since you're about this whole, you know, I coached, or I didn't coach you, but I taught you Bible school one year. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, what does it mean to you to be a Commerce Tiger? Um, I mean, words really can't describe that. Um, it's like it's like every Friday going on Rayland, and you're just chasing that feeling again. It's like when you, I don't know. It's like while you're in high school, you really don't know what it's like. But then when you leave, you're just like, dang, I miss Commerce football. But what what I'm what I think it means to me is um, brotherhood unity and chemistry i think those three are um my the ones i think that commerce football is but also i think it's, it's more than that like it helps us in the long run too like these coaches they preach about um what's after football because i mean they just don't want us for football and then just leave us to dry they actually teach us life skills during football and I, that's where some teams don't do that and um also it's just it's definitely brotherhood like I, I just I just love the brotherhood at Commerce, and um, I would never want to be anywhere else. Well said. Well, Coach, uh, we got Murphy Friday night, uh, got the pep rally Thursday night. Would you like to say anything else about that? Or, you know, just I hope our community comes out. Uh, it means a lot to us. You know, we just talked about that at the end of practice. That Commerce is a special place, and you know, not everyone loves football the way that Commerce does, and we. We want to make sure our community and our fans know how much we appreciate them, and the way we do that is playing hard. You know, that's what we talked about is we need to go out here and play hard. And, you know, we have a theme, you know, it's give your all for commerce. And uh, we have shirts made up, and 
you know, GYFC, you know, give your all for commerce. It's what we talked about all summer. It's not about you. It's, it's about, you know, giving our all for this community and your brotherhood, like Cole was saying, and we take that seriously. So um, when we run out there on Friday night, we know we're representing our community and we want to play the game in a way they'll be proud of us. And, you know, we appreciate their support. All right. Well, thank you guys. Good luck tomorrow. And we'll be cheering for you. Go Tigers. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks again to Uncle Salm for uh, getting that interview for us. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. I know I enjoyed listening to it and uh, hearing uh, Cole Hill and, and Jack talk a little bit. It's always fun to get, get that perspective out there. And finally got to catch up with Coach Hollers. And, uh, you know, they talked about what the you know community means and kind of what being what being in commerce means. And all that was, was great to hear. Um, Kind of wrapped up our, our coverage from from last week and they also talked about uh, Murphy a little bit in that in that interview uh, we'll save that for later on in the show as we always do but know that we are going to get to it and uh, appreciate them coming on and and joining us uh, on the potluck podcast um, what we'll move into now is our week one review uh, let's start off by saying shout out to uh, the state of Georgia high school football 24 and 8 versus out-of-state competition this past week. And and one of those games was Towns County. So really twenty four and seven. Yeah, that was <laughs> they lost to Hazel. Thirteen to twelve. Thirteen to twelve. Oh man. You want to talk about a pillow fight for the ages. <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be talking about that one for years in Hazel. Um so week one, let's talk about some of our big games from last week. Uh again, quick shout out to GHS F H A. The Georgia High, Georgia School, High School Football, Football Historians, Historians Association. Association. .org. That's where those, these scores come from. Great website. Uh, it is a good website. We also uh, get a lot of Georgia High School Football Daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to theirs. Uh, if you got an email address, care about high school football. If you're still listening at this point, obviously you, uh, you do, and you <laughs> should definitely subscribe to their uh, daily email uh, that comes through each morning during football season. It's awesome. Uh, so let's talk uh, at the very top. Number two, Lee County defeats Warner Robins, who was number one. So number two, uh, Lee County was in 6A. 6A, Warner Robins is in 5A. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lee County does go on the road and beat, beats Warner Robins 26-10. to 10. Uh, That is a 30-game home win streak down the drain for Warner Robins. Yeah, that's a, a big score. And it's showing, you know, last week we kind of talked about how it was a middle Georgia versus south Georgia matchup. And it's showing that the big schools in southwest Georgia can pretty well handle the middle Georgia powers. And I did see – I don't think we have this written down, but I, I saw uh, Colquitt County went to – played somebody in Florida maybe or went to somewhere in Florida and beat the slew out of somebody. So who knows. that Down there in southwest Georgia, it could get interesting. We'll check in on that at some point this year. Yeah. Our guy TB down there. Um Number 10, Blessed Trinity, 36-25 to 25 over number four, Calhoun. Uh, Calhoun did throw three interceptions, and one was returned for a touchdown. Got to take care of the football. You can't expect to win with three interceptions. Cedartown at Rockmart. Uh, Cedartown is number three in, I think, 5A? Is that right, 4A? I think they're in 4A. And then Rockmart's two? Three. I don't even know. See, this is the trouble with this year is everything's moved around. Yeah. Either way, Cedartown 27, Rockmart 14. Uh, Cedartown only attempted three passes and a touching tribute to Nick Chubb. 
I mean, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I know it was crazy. Their leading their leading rusher only had like eighty yards, so they're just like everybody's toting the rock. Because um, I think they ended up with almost three hundred yards um, rushing. Um, Cedartown is quad A. Rockmart is double A. There you go. Brooks County all over Thomasville, forty two to seven. Brought that hammer song. That's a huge result. That's a state champion versus state runner-up. And the state champion was a class lower than the state runner-up. It blows my mind how Brooks County, how good they are this year. Yep, pretty pretty scary stuff. Uh, number two in AA, Fitzgerald, took on the traditional rival right there on the week one. Seems mm-hmm. like they've played every year we've had this podcast week one. Number four, Irwin County. That's single A D one with Commerce. Yep. Uh, twenty eight to twenty was the final there. Fitzgerald on top. Yeah, Irwin led twenty to seven at one point. I'm sure it was frustrating for them to lose this game. Uh, they lost a fumble in the end zone at one point, and then Fitzgerald went on to score two touchdowns in the final forty two seconds to win. So they went up twenty one to twenty on a 95-yard drive on offense, just grinding it out with that single wing that they run down there. And then a 60-yard fumble return for a touchdown, just the icing on the cake. You've already got the lead 21 to nothing or 21 to 20, and now they add another 7, 28 to 20. Completely dashed Irwin's hopes there. Um, really for just pride. I mean, Irwin's an- Another fine. good call from Uncle Saul, though. Uh, Uncle Son had a great call last week. He said there would be mayhem in this game, uh, just like there was last year. It wasn't quite that level of mayhem, but a significant amount of mayhem. Yeah, it was. Not nothing. I'm good at guessing. You did a great job last week. We'll talk about some more. Uh, also of note, uh, Elka defeated Brentwood Academy in Tennessee 50-49 to in overtime. They went for two uh, and the win and, and got it. Uh, I think they were actually on the road up there in Tennessee. Whoever Brentwood Academy is must be pretty pretty stout up there. Uh, around our area, start off with Buford in uh, 7A now, I think they're in. Yep. Um, Buford had a huge win, 38-7 over Thompson in Alabama. So Thompson of Alabama, we talked about it last week, four-time state champion, for back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Buford just goes over there and absolutely crushes them. They allow 155 yards on the night. Uh, Justice Haynes, 17 carries for 92 yards, uh, and he's going to have to do a lot better than that <laughs> if he wants to catch Monte. Uh, I think that put him at 5,971 career rushing yards. He still needs 2,873 yards to catch Monte Williams. Uh, he might have to come back I, as a super senior to get that one. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Monte's safe for now. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it for everybody, but... Uh, uh, I think that's that's a little bit of a pipe dream, especially now that he's at Buford. There, there's plenty of places for the Rock to go at Buford. Mm. Um, moving down to 6A, another – God, this this is your pick of the week. Uncle Son's pick of the week, <laughs> Gainesville 34, on the road at Marist, 23. 34-23, Gainesville. Uh, Marist was a 21-point favorite. I think it was the third largest underdog to win this past Friday night. Uh the Red Leghorns jumped out to a 27-7 lead in the first half, hung on late to win. Uh, they're ranked number seven for the first time uh, in the top ten at, at number seven for the first time since 2015. Solomon, you, you got what, I mean, what do you got to say about that? I honestly think that Gainesville is set up now 
to compete for a state championship this year and every year as long as they've got the same crew over there that they had now. It's a big result. Big result to go on the road and beat Marist. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Red Leghorns. I mean, just absolute, absolute huge result for them. Get uh, them a, a fresh sack of chicken feed over there. My gosh. It is a reward. My gosh. Uh, also in our area, Stevens County played Habersham Central. Um, Stevens had to score two second half uh, touchdowns to lift them past the Raiders of Habersham, fourteen to three. Not exactly what I was expecting out of that game. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, Stevens has been one of those teams in three A for the past couple of years that we've really been high on. And they returned yeah. a lot. This they year. returned a lot. Cameron Lacey, the quarterback they've got over there. Supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so this was kind of a surprising result. Either it means that Stevens isn't as good as we thought they were, or the apple knockers may have been knocking a lot of apples this summer and they got real strong. And they're better than we think they are. Who knows? Time will tell. Stevens has uh, Rabin this week, so we'll talk about that one later. Uh, Dawson County 28, Jackson County 21. Um, Jackson County does cover on the road. Dawson County had a 22-point third quarter that really kind of won them the game Friday night, and uh, they had some first-half opening game-type miscues, but they did come back to win 28-21 uh, to over Jackson Cole. Yeah, this brought me back down to earth a little bit on Jackson County. Uh, See, I'm, I'm a little bit of the opposite. You think it's I think encouraging? That's a decent result. I think Dawson's pretty good. Dawson is pretty good. Uh, give credit where credit's due. Um, but I, I would have I expected Jackson County to win that game. Even as a 14-point underdog. Okay. Time will tell. We'll see. We will. Uh, moving down the road here to uh, Clark Central and Cedar Shoals. We talked about this one last week kind of during the pod. Uh, Clark Central did win 40 to nothing. Um, Flower Branch 39-38 to over Decatur. Nail-biter there. One-point win for Flower Branch. Alpharetta 47. Jefferson. 46. We were we were keeping I, up with this one. Listen, I you just hate to see this. You really you hate to see this. You I mean, no one hates it more than me. I know no one hates it more than our listeners. It's it's truly truly a devastating devastating result. I think we're all heartbroken. Um you know, they dropped all the way out of the 5A rankings in the top 10. And what more can I say? You can't say much. You just you hate Edward, to see it. Thank you. You can send you know condolences. Actually, I think they're taking donations in, in lieu of flowers. Disaster relief. Yeah, there's a, yeah, I think FEMA's rolling in pretty soon. So no, but uh, Sammy Brown had a big night, which was which was great to see. Yeah, he had like 205 yards, didn't he? Yeah, you know, uh, at least two touchdowns. I think he maybe had three. Um, so that was good to see. Sammy had a big night, and uh, and. It was tough to see the Dragons lose the opening game. You just hate to see that. Loganville, 45. Monroe area, 39. Uh, quadruple overtime. Uh, the viral over-the-head pass that went crazy on Twitter. I know yeah. you've probably seen it by now, but I had to, had to cover that one too. Uh, Winderborough, the double G dogs, 23-7 to over Appalachia. So I got some intel. I got some intel too. This, this week, the double G. Yes. Is for extra 
effort. That yes. extra G is for extra effort. I heard that as well. Thank you to longtime listener and supporter of the Potluck Podcast, Baxter Barnes. Yeah, that was a Baxter original there. For letting us know that. Uh, I think his wife went to Winder Barrows. Uh-huh. Proud, proud double, double, double G, G dog. dog. Double G dog. So a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, just a wild, wild thing. Uh, <laughs> down to Quad A. Uh, Madison County 35, Franklin County 6. The boys beat the boys for all the chicken and hogs. What do you think, Arizona? Oh, I'm proud of them. I just, Joe actually called me out when we were up in Greenville. He said, Son, I thought about calling into the pod and asking you if you knew a single Madison County player's name. <laughs> and I can't admit, I, I don't right now. There's got to be a Russell out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, North Oconee moving down to Oconee. Uh, North. 16, regular, 13. Uh, first time North Oconee's beaten Oconee in a while, it feels like. I don't know what the official uh, tally is on that, but it just seems like Oconee's had the be- the better of them the past few years. Um, they were a nine-point favorite, Oconee County was, so a big result for North Oconee. Um, Khalil Barnes intercepted four passes, one he returned for a touchdown. He had 113 yards rushing. How about another great call by Uncle Son calling the upset North Oconee over Oconee last week? My man Son is on a roll. Listen, it, it, you come here, you if if you don't know if you don't know this by now, you come here for us knowing absolutely everything possible about high school football. <laughs> we never make mistakes, and that's clear to see by uh, Son last week. Well, if you ever not follow, me though, but if you follow the history of the potluck picking on Twitter, I generally start out hot at the beginning of the season and fizzle out. Yeah. Um, you need to make adjustments a little bit. I, I do. I need to watch you more football. need to make football. some more adjustments. But, um, so, you were asking about the Oconee, North Oconee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a pretty even series. Well, I mean, recently. So, this is the first win for North Oconee in, since 18. That's what, okay. That's so, what that, they had lost three in a row to Oconee. Okay. Um. Down to AAA now. Elbert County 31, Hart County 28 in the Granite Bowl, doing it for the Guidestones in memoriam. Rest in peace. Huge win for Elbert. Like, yeah. Can you imagine being at that game at the Granite Bowl, beating It was Hart. packed. It looked, looked packed. It did. I mean, that that game is a lot like Commerce Jefferson. You see the prisoners it. looking out of their <laughs> windows. <laughs> Peeking. They probably love that smoke break. What are those things that you can like look through and it goes up with the mirrors? What's that? What's that it's called? A periscope? <laughs> no, not a periscope. You know what I'm talking about? With the, I uh, will figure it out later. Go continue about the Elbert County win. Well, Elbert Hart is like Commerce and Jefferson used to be. I mean, that's a, a ten thousand plus game. You know, I think the Granite Bowl sits fifteen thousand, and uh, it did look almost full. So yeah. I can't imagine how much fun that was for the Blue Devils over there. And it shows that, you know, our region this year really is tough. Uh, you know, you wondered a little bit about Elbert coming in. You know Raven's going to be good. Now you can see that Elbert's good. Um, Athens Christian has yet to be really tried. But I got a feeling they're pretty good too. So uh, It is a periscope. You're right. That's what, that's exactly what I was talking about. Um <laughs> Yeah, just a big result for Elbert. Uh, had a party at the, the Guidestones that night. White County 35, North Hall 14. Uh, don't have a whole lot from this one other than I know the game was suspended due to lightning for a while. Uh, Garrett Rowland, I think, is our mm-hmm. our guy that, that, that reports on White County quite a bit, does the 
I think the color for him or yeah. play by play and radio. We follow him on Twitter, so um, was able to keep up with that one. Yeah, that's a big win for the boys from Cleveland. I mean, I mean it was a pick'em. It was a pick'em, and so, they beat them by three touchdowns. Yeah, it could be a good good year for White County. Double A Athens Academy forty one, Dade County twenty eight. Uh, this one was also delayed for a while, if I'm not mistaken. They were in Dade County. Uh, for those who don't know, way northwest Georgia, you got to go into Tennessee, basically into Chatt- Chattanooga proper, and then come back down the interstate to get to Dade County. So they were a long way from home. Uh, a hard-fought win uh, yeah. there in uh, for Athens Academy. Uh, ACAD has a history of scheduling easy games early uh, because to get that first win. They have a big, long streak of having, you know, how many ever wins to start season opener for yeah. the season openers. And uh, they really had to fight with Dade this year. That that may be uh, indicative of what's going on in that region this year. Yeah, and this one, I mean, Dade County is traditionally not – Not great. Not very good. They had a good year last year. So, I mean, it could be completely wrong. Uh, but typically they're – Middle of Their the best years are about seven or eight wins, and they're usually more like four or five, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, we'll talk more about that region later on here. But Banks County, 41. Johnson of Gainesville, 20. Boys from Homer got them on well on their way to the over that I said. What do you think, Son? I the did Leopards. see an interesting stat. Oh, uh, yeah? I think one of the backs from Banks County they had like, stats up there. They can count. Who, who would have thought? Uh, they had had a lot of toes for for how many yards he gained because he gained three hundred twenty five, I think, which is a huge night. Uh, Shocky, I think, is his last three hundred twenty five. Yeah, I think I saw that on Twitter earlier today. So, uh, big night for the Leopards. Yeah. Wow, there's some backs in banks. Um, Oglethorpe County sixteen, East Jackson seven. Uh. Commerson's not looking great. Uh, Union County, 14. Fannin County, 7. How about Union County song? Completely unexpected. The boys from Blairsville. The last time we saw Union, they were in shambles. That's a uh, big win for them. That is huge. 10-point dogs. A big rivalry game. Yeah. That is a big rivalry game. That's uh, Blue Ridge and Blairsville. Mm -hmm. That's the Battle of the North Central Mountains. Yep. Uh, And they... uh, you know, being a, that's a big result, also kind of seeing Athens Academy struggle a little bit with Dade County. I don't know. Yeah, Let's maybe. Keep an, eye, keep an eye on that. Eight double A might be closer than we think. Keep an eye on it. Uh, single A D two, uh, number eight Lincoln County, twenty three to twenty over Bryan County. Uh, both Trey Huff and running back Franklin Brown for Lincolnton were injured in the first half and did not return. They hung on to win uh, barely. They had a few plays go their way in the fourth quarter that kind of helped them, helped them slide by. They were thirty-five point favorites. They won by three. Wow! Uh, if you remember last year in Lincoln, I think Trey and Franklin Brown were the best two players on their team. Mm-hmm. I think Franklin Brown might have been number five, if memory serves correct. That sounds right. Uh, he was a back. I do know that, and. I remember him being good. So that that's a tough blow for the, the Red Devils. Yeah, and we, we were talking kind of off air a little bit, getting ready for the show, and it, it's it, you can never tell. I mean, it's Lincoln plays up and down yeah. more than any team, I think. <laughs> the pendulum and, and swings in Lincoln I mean, it is, they, play, they play up to the best yeah. and down to the worst. It is like, like no one's – 
No one's business. Uh, number nine was actually Franklin Brown's number. But mm. Five and nine, that's a pretty close song. I'll give you credit for that. Thanks. That'll get you a degree in Banks County. <laughs> uh, Towns County 12, Hayesville, North Carolina 13. I bet that was just a great game to watch. Hard hitting all over the place. Probably kids flying around like you wouldn't believe. The, the scenery was probably prettier than the game. I, I would have loved to have sat up there and watched, probably. The, you know, just be outside. Washington Wilkes, 28. East Lawrence, 7. Uh, so, Washington Wilkes does creep into the top 10 in single A, D, 2. Um, Class A, D1. The top 10. That's what we always run through before we get to our week 2 previews. So, let's run through it. Number 10 is Lamar County. They had a big win over Wilcox County. Now, Wilcox County is number three in single A D2. Mm-hmm. So, uh, definitely a 20-point win over them is catches your eye for sure a little yeah. bit. Uh, you had Darlington beating Olympia in Florida 28-16. to Hope they enjoyed Disney World while they were <laughs> down there. Whitfield Academy 35-30 to over, over uh, Macon County. And this is another win where Whitfield Academy is beating a – Really highly ranked Macon County team. Macon County is number two in single A D2. Um, and they were actually favored by nine. So, uh, impressive result there for Whitfield Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beckley County, 33 to six, all over Dodge County. That was a pick 'em. These lines seem kind of kind of crazy. Beginning of the year, Maxwell doesn't account for like players lost. But see, didn't I, didn't I see where they changed their, they changed their equation slightly a little bit this year? I didn't. See I was that. reading something about it, and I wonder if that has something to do with the lines being so far off. Uh, they get they do get better as the season goes on. But uh, number six, it was Swainsboro. They beat Metter twenty one to seven. That's got to be a big rivalry game. I don't know much about it, but just given the proximity and living mm-hmm. down in Statesboro for a while, uh, that's got to be a big one. Uh, Metter gained only forty three yards all night, which sounds like. You know, pretty much a really, really tough time out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, in uh, Fitzgerald, Irwin, we've already covered that one. Rabin County, all over Harrelson County, 49-3. to Keegan Stover, 15-22, 368 yards through the air, five touchdowns. Uh, that's the quarterback that's coming in for Stockton that we had heard some things about, and it looks like they are true. Uh, Jaden Gibson hauls in eight receptions for 273 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Jaden Gibson has 3,447 yards receiving right now in his high school career. He is only 1,030 yards receiving uh, from catching old Stan Rome from Valdosta. <laughs> uh, he finished with 4,477 receiving yards. It's a 49-year record, and uh, I think if, if things hold, if things hold. I mean, I think I think that record's going to go down this year. That one's got a lot better chance of going down than, than Monte's for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's something we'll keep an eye on throughout the year as we kind of keep tab on, on Raven County as well. Um, but, yeah, it looks like they're the real deal. Again, um, Harrelson won 10 games last year. Uh, so so 49-3 to on the road is a pretty big result. Brooks County, 42 to Thomasville, 7. Talked about that one up at the top of the show already. Uh, number one, Prince Avenue, 39-3 to over Hammond. Uh, in South Carolina, just outside Columbia, I, I believe, so. is yep. where Hammond is. Uh, Aaron Follow was 19-30, 273 yards, three touchdowns. Hammond had won uh, five straight private school titles in South Carolina. Last week, if you remember, we did talk about having a sneaky suspicion that 
South Carolina private isn't exactly the same thing as Georgia yeah. private. And I think that may be what Georgia private used to be uh, the last you know several years that we had it. Maybe 20 years ago. Right. I think that was probably more like what Hammond was. Um, but you never know. It could be just Prince Avenue's. I mean, obviously they're really good, but I don't know if, if Hammond's quite the competition that, that we thought they may have been. So, quick note on Hammond. That's where uh, Drew Bobo went while he was over there, while Mike Bobo was over in South Carolina. Okay. That's where he played, was at Hammond. Where's Where's he playing now? Is he out, is he out of school? I think so. I mean, he committed with Georgia. Oh, is he Is he, is he in his UGA I think now? he may. I, he may have graduated. He may be on campus now. I'm not exactly sure. Let's check it out. Going to the webs. Yeah, he is. What? Yeah, he is because that was that one. That would have had to have been two years ago. Two years, if not, yeah. maybe three. That was yeah, two years ago because then he had to go to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobo, you're getting us off the rails, Bobo. <laughs> Run the ball. Uh, <laughs> it's always good to get that in there when you can. <laughs> okay, week two preview. Um, Around the state was actually a little bit weak. We have a lot of decent games in our area Mm -hmm. and good games in our area. But uh, around the state, you know, as good as week one was, it's as bad this week. (laughs) I mean, there are some top tens, but not very many. Yeah. The only one that I really kind of wanted to point out was uh, number one, Elka in AA. Uh, Number six, Blessed Trinity in 6A. Um, Blessed Trinity does lead that series 2-0. But that's really kind of the best game around the state that's not – Necessarily in our in our northeast Georgia area that we cover, um, in our area, Buford is playing Mallard Creek. You know anything about Mallard Creek, song? What can we find out about Mallard Creek to give the people here? I mean, it's got to be close to some water, right? Gotta be, gotta be, gotta be. Let, let's check them out. We should have done this. We should have done this pregame. But where is Mallard Creek? You think there's Mallard ducks up there? Gotta be. Oh no, this is right outside Charlotte. This is this is in the Sand Hills. Mallard Creek should be uh, should be somewhere in the, in the mountains. I feel or, or on the coast. Northeast, yeah, on the coast would be good. Somewhere marsh, marshy. Yeah. Uh, northeast, Charlotte. Um, I'm assuming they're probably a powerhouse up there. If I mean Buford, don't don't go play nobodies or. So let's 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 check out their. Uh, they're one and zero this year. I know that. Terrible logo, just MC logo. (laughs) Generic. Not good. Uh, Myers Park is who they beat. I I know Myers Park is generally pretty good. Uh, Looks like they are on the road at Buford, but that could be a neutral, neutral site game. Uh, Looks like traditionally they're okay. Not great. Uh, Round five hundred kind of looks like. I imagine it's tough for Buford to find many games. I don't want to play them. You know. So I mean they play, they've been playing out of state for a long time. I mean last week was out of state, but for years they they've been playing out of state. Uh, I don't know what to think there. Not only enough of that. Six uh, A Gainesville, the newly ranked Red Leghorns are playing uh, Mountain View. Any thoughts on that one, song? I like them again. Go Leghorns. They're a seven point favorite. That seems low. Yeah. Uh, Habersham Central and White County are going to tee it up. White County's a two-point favorite. Habersham, the, the Apple Knockers, they do lead the series eight to four. They won twenty-one to twelve in uh, twenty twenty-one, and then White County won twenty-eight to twenty-one in twenty twenty. So 
decently close games, usually kind of one-score contest between these two, and it looked like White County had a good result last week. Um, what would you take here, Son? I like the boys from Cleveland. Uh, I do, too. I, I like that. I like the minus two. That, it surprised me they hadn't played more. I mean, Habersham and White are, like, right next to each other. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I erroneously call the Battle of Helen, even though uh, – I don't think Helen is firmly in White County. Yeah, but I, I feel like it should be about the battle for Helen, though. Um, where is that game? That game is at Habersham, so Apple Knockers will get to host the the White County Warriors. Uh Jackson County and Duluth. Duluth is a one point favorite. I mean, I get burned every time I pick Jackson County, so it's like don't I don't pick them. I don't want to pick them, don't so I'm pick picking them. Duluth. Five A, uh, Clark Central and Oconee County. This might be the game of the week around here. I think so. Uh, you got number eight Clark Central in five A. Uh, Oconee County fell down to number eight in Triple A after their loss to North Oconee. Oconee does lead the series five to three. Each team has won three of, of the last six. What do you think, Song? I like Clark Central here. Um, I think Oconee County's a good team. I think they're going to be better at the end of the season. I think they're one of those teams that's going to get a whole lot better over the year. They got a first-year coach, you know. Right. Oconee is a four-point favorite. Uh, Flower Branch is playing St. Pius. Uh, St. Pius a three-point favorite there. Uh, Jefferson's playing uh, unranked, by the way, Jefferson. You just you hate to see that. hate to see that. Um, Gosh, uh, playing Wren of South Carolina. What do we know about Wren? Uh, Wren, we talked about them last week. Uh, they're about middle of the road for South Carolina. They're big rivals with Easley. Uh, I think they won like six or seven games last year, kind of like AAA in South Carolina. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we talked about them a little bit um, last week. Definitely not Wren's, Georgia. No. Though. Now that is a speed trap. <laughs> Wren's, Georgia, I, I, that's the only time I've gotten pulled over for speeding in my life was in Wren's, Georgia, hmm. on the way down to Statesboro back at, back in school. remember like it was yesterday. I was I was speeding too, 100%. <laughs> um, Winder Barrow, 28-point favorites versus ML King. The Double G Dogs, a uh, chance to go 2-0 and for the first time since 2017. Yeah, that was the last time they had a really good season. Uh, that was Heath Webb's last year over there, and they went nine and three. Man, I feel like there's there's potential for Wander to be to be good. Um, yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, Quad A moving on down to Madison County and Elbert County. Madison County. Four point favorite. If I'm not mistaken, this is in Danielsville. Yeah, that line surprised now, song, me. Where are you going to be Friday night? Now, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, don't lie on the pod. <laughs> you know where I'm going to be. Don't lie to the people on the pod. Where are you going to be? Are you going to be Danielsville or are you going to be Commerce? If I was in Simpsonville, where do you think I'm going to be? Listen, I'm just asking. <laughs> that was before That was before Madison County took the wood to, to Franklin, Franklin County and are now they're a four-point favorite versus Elbert. I'll be in Commerce Friday night. Who do you like? Honestly, I like Elbert here. I think I like Elbert a lot. I, I hate to say it. I love – I don't love the Red – I like the Red Raiders, uh, but I don't think they've got it. I game, hope they though, do. Man. I don't know. Red Raiders, they may have something. What we'll the? have to keep tabs on that one. Triple A, uh, Hart County is off after 
uh, lick their wounds a little bit from losing to Elbert County, get back on get back on track there. Franklin County is at Pickens, South Carolina. They might get lost on the way up there and never have football again in Franklin. That was an embarrassing result. <laughs> Could happen. Stevens County is uh, on the road at Raven County. Uh, Raven County, obviously, we talked about them dismantling Harrelson County, and Stevens County kind of struggled with Habersham. Raven County is a 16-point favorite. Pretty big test for both teams. Uh, Raven does lead the series 6-4. Um, to four. They've won we got some. every game that wasn't played in the 1950s. So this was a series that was very active in the 50s, and then it broke until like four or five years ago, and they resumed playing it. I mean, it's a lot like Habersham Central and White County. This is a natural rivalry. It seems like it should be. Uh, you got Tacoa and then Clayton. They border each other right there along South Carolina. They should be playing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I think this is an easy pick for Raven. Here. I like Raven to cover that 16. Uh, I mean, I would take him to cover 32 maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe not that much. But I, 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 I think, uh, Raven, three scores I think Raven wins, yeah. Uh, Athens Academy is playing uh, Mobile Christian. What do we know about what do we know about the boys from from Mobile Christian? We know anything about them boys? Absolutely nothing. Let's find something out about them. Let's give the, let's give the listeners a fun fact or two on, so, on the way out. Mobile, that's in Alabama. That's right. Uh, down on the Gulf Coast. That's right. Uh, what you what else you got for it? What they, else you got about Mobile? They got I a big. There, I've been through there a few times while driving to other places. That's about the only time. Yeah. Know. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they got a big Mardi Gras festival in uh, in Mobile. Vince Dooley's from there. Is he really? He's from Mobile, Alabama. That's nice. Uh, Hank Aaron. Is he from Mobile? Notable Mobilian. Yeah. Uh, Satchel Page, I'm pretty sure, is, is Mobile. Mobile has some, they might have some legends. Uh, so they're the Mobile Christian Leopards. Okay, the leopards. Uh, they've been involved in athletics since 1977. Not sure they've been playing football for that long. Oh my gosh! You, I, I got. I started looking up who's who's you know, famous people from Mobile. Tim Cook. That cannot Apple? be true. Yeah. No way. I can, it says born, so I, I doubt he grew up there. Military uh, base kid or something. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Boogie Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins from there. Satchel Page, yeah, from there. Uh, Paul Bearer. How about that? Wow. How about that? After we used The Undertaker uh, last <laughs> week as the as the show notes. Ozzy Smith. A lot of baseball players from Mobile. Jamarcus Russell. Notable. Legend. LSU legend. He could throw it 80 yards on his knees, but he couldn't just throw it 20 yards to a wide receiver. So In the pros, especially. Didn't, didn't, didn't help him much. This Here's a guy you might like, Son. Eugene Sledge says biologist, soldier, uh, university teacher, and writer. Huh. Wonder if he was in the plants. I don't know. Let's check him out. I do have a, a note about their football I team. I wonder if he went to Mobile Christian. Probably <laughs> not. They uh, they beat Pike Liberal Arts. Uh, liberal Arts there, sorry for the own. 35-3 Thir- to three in week one. So they are 1-0. If this guy's nickname's not Sledgehammer, then they, they really <laughs> messed him up. 
So he is um, used as source material for a Ken Burns PBS documentary and for the HBO miniseries The Pacific. You ever seen The Pacific? Yeah, it's a good That's one. It's a good one. Um, World War Two. I guess he must have been in World War Two. Yeah, Western Western European theater. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he went to uh, <laughs> to Mobile Christian though. So, moving on, moving on, moving up. The boys from Banks County, the, the boys from Homer are off. They're going to be undefeated in September. Good for them. East East Jackson at Social Circle. This one could get ugly. Social Circle is a four point favorite, um, especially after Social Circle. Their student section jumped a kid from Morgan County, a player from Morgan County, as he was on his way to the bus. Big fight or something ensued. Morgan County had to get like a police escort out of there. I don't know what social circles. They're real violent. No, what's there what's, right now. What ha- what's happening? Like what's going on? I mean, it used to not be that way. You think that's that kind of like a east southeast Atlanta sort of just kind of creeping on out? And I I don't know. I don't I don't know if they just got. Like a, a big they chip on commerce. their shoulders. That's what, that's what that, now they think they should beat everybody. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Morgan County comes back and beats them. They think they should just go out. You can't win the game. But might as well try to win the fight. Maybe that was it. And Maybe if you can't win it. the fight, you should just cheat and jump people. Not a good look. Uh, they will probably beat East Jackson, though, uh, on the football field. Union County uh, is a 21-point favorite versus Lumpkin County. Battle of Blood Mountain. Yeah, I like that name. It's a good name. I think Union will win. I don't know if they cover. Could be a letdown. Could, Could be, be a spot for a letdown there for Union County. We'll we'll, we'll see. Single A D two. You got Lincoln County uh, on the road up in uh, McCormick, South Carolina. Uh, Lincoln County still hanging on to that number seven spot, but we'll see how they perform on the road. Uh, Towns County at Lake Oconee Academy. The boys are 26-point favorites. You don't see that beside the name Towns County very much. You don't. Barn burner. I'm calling barn burner alert right here. I'm throwing it. I'm throwing a flag. What the do you, barn burner flag. What do you mean by that? I think it's going to be closer than the experts think. So. I, I like that. I like that. What's the, the Florida coach that's down there at Lake Oconee now? No, nah, that, that, that ain't true. That ain't It turned out not to be true. Okay. It was supposed to be... Uh, the guy that was God, uh, was it Dan Mullen? That Dan Mullen, yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. Is that right? Well, he showed up. He was there at one point. Right. I don't. I don't think he's actually coaching, but I think that he actually a like, friend of the program. They had to like release a statement. Yeah. Like you know, he doesn't coach here. Um. But I do think that he's. I don't know, man. I think he's got something to do with something going on there. Yeah. Um. Developing news. Yeah. Something we'll see. Um. Class A Division One. That's be that'd be where the Tigers are. Uh, still not in the top ten, but uh, let's roll through the top ten and who they're playing. Number ten, Darlington on the road at Sonoraville. They're a five point favorite there. Number nine, Metter, sixteen point favorite at ECI. Number eight, Lamar County on the road at Upson Lee, and that is a pick'em. Number seven is Whitfield Academy. They are huge favorites over Strong Rock Christian. That one, and they are favored by thirty three points. Blakely County. They are a 20-point favorite over Wilcox County, which is a huge spread given that Wilcox is number four in uh, single-A D2. Wilcox did get the ball thrown around on them quite a bit last week. I mm-hmm. uh, saw uh, they lost by 20 to Lamar County, who climbed up a couple spots um, in uh, 
Art, single Art A to D one. Yeah, God, it's so stupid. <laughs> just, just have, just have another double classification. A. Um, Irwin County, thirty-three point favorites at Dooley County. Now, they're number five. Uh, Irwin County is. I like Dooley County in the points here, Solomon. Dooley County hung around with Crisp County last week. Crisp County's number two in Triple A. Crisp County only, only lost by two scores to Crisp County. Dooley County might have something cooking down there. Might be a sleeper. Um, Chris County won it with an interception return for a touchdown and a 49-yard field goal. I mean, it took a great effort from the number two team in AAA to beat Dooley. That's some good good work there, so Dana. Dooley Good-less. is – look out. They had a good run at the end of, the, end of last year, if you remember. Yeah. They made the playoffs. They they, they took – I think they beat uh, they beat Clinch or somebody right at the end of the season. They got on a little hot streak, made the playoffs – so watch out for Dooley in that one. I don't, I'm not picking them to win, but I think that one could be close. Closer than the experts. But Irwin does typically have their number, so I also wouldn't be shocked if Irwin beats them by 35. <laughs> Swainsboro is the number four team in Class A and D1. Uh, they are a one-point favorite at Washington County. Raven County, talked about that. Uh, they're number three, and they're a 16-point favorite uh, against Stevens County. Number two is Brooks County. They're a 33-point favorite versus Wayne County. Not enough. And number one, Prince Avenue, is off. Uh, did you find anything out about Dooley County? Were you looking at Yeah, that? I was. Uh, Dooley, Didn't they finish pretty strong last year? Uh, they were 6-4. and four. Well, that was good, though. But you can see, all along, Dooley has had some rough years. Yeah. Now, when I was, when I was like 10, Dooley was, was like the truth. They were like the Irwin County back then. Yeah. Uh, we went down and played them a couple times. 2002. It, 2002 for sure. I was at that game. I was freezing cold. We got cheated that game um, in the Elite Eight. But they went through a rough patch. And 6-4 yeah. and four was actually a good result for them last year. And, and they, they beat somebody they late beat in the year. They beat Dublin at one point. But I think Dublin was down Dublin last was, year. No, they weren't. Dublin went down last year. They were like number one or number two most of the year. They were six and five last year. Dublin? Yeah. They lost to Turner in the first round. They started out high. Dublin was better in twenty. Okay. It's, Maybe I'm getting twenty twenty one commit. Who did they beat at the end of the year? What what was their region like? Um they had I don't know why I'm th- I thought I thought they had a good finish to their region. They beat Telfair at the end of the season by one point. But they all they played Wilcox pretty close and Johnson County pretty close, but, but see that says something. Yeah, I don't know. Keep an eye on the Dooley Dooley Irwin. I think that one might be a little bit closer than I mean them hanging around Crisp. I don't know. That that is impressive. Dooley might be back. Who knows? Um, I think that about wraps it up. We can talk uh, Region Eight A D One or D. Yeah, Region Eight A D One. Again, so stupid. <laughs> Athens Christian and Lakeview Academy. So Athens Christian opens their season as a thirteen point favorite. Who do you like their song? Uh, I like Athens Christian. I think they're gonna be better than we remember Athens Christian being the last time we faced them. Um I don't I don't know how good they're gonna be, but I think they're gonna be better than we think they are. Okay. Fair enough. Uh that is our preview for this week around the state and in our northeast Georgia area shall we dive right into commerce and murphy i think we shall we shall tell us about it song so we have commerce 
hosting Murphy, North Carolina this week. I like to think of this as the battle between the Southern Ingalls Territory Ooh. and the Northern Ingalls well, Territory. Well, Ingalls is based out of Asheville, though. Well, Northern, they're more Northern than us. Maybe maybe this is like for Southern Ingalls. This might just be the battle for, oh, do they have a good Ingalls in Murphy? I mean, it's close to Asheville. You know what I've been to in Murphy? I've never I have been. been. I have been to Murphy more than once. But this, I don't think this is technically in Murphy, but I did go to Tri-County Speedway dirt oh, track. Oh, man. When I was, this is a true story. I, listen, you can ask anybody that was there. I, I think it was me. Uh, at Tri-County Speedway is a dirt track. Um, I think it was me, my dad, Keith Whitfield, Justin Whitfield, and Drew Whitfield. We went up there. They had a big race. And if you know anything about dirt track racing, you'll know the name Jonathan Davenport. Mm. Uh, they had from a ball. Bowersville. He is from Bowersville, yeah. Probably the best dirt track racer there is um, right now. And we went up We went up to that. We were camping in Hiawassee. Mm. So we go up there, and uh, they had a, you know, the feature, he was in the feature. But at this time, he still wasn't, like, nationally known. Um, and there was, like, a little thing with the feature you know, you could start in the back and try to get to the front, mm-hmm. and you could get like double the money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was outside pole, and he took it. And man, <laughs> unbelievable! He got all the way back to like I think second, or he might have been leading the race, which is incredibly hard to do in dirt track racing. Yeah. From the, from and, the uh, rear, he, he hit. He got a little too high and like tore his axle or something. But that's not the crazy part of the story. That was awesome seeing that. Probably the best dirt track race I've ever seen. The awesome part of the story, and this is no lie at all, there was a kid that sat next to us on these wooden bleachers. He could not have been over 10 years old, and he had a fat dip in the (laughs) entire time, spitting it into a Mountain Dew can that he had punched out. This is, I'm not, I am not stereotyping the mountains. That happened legitimately. You can ask, you can ask my dad, ask anybody that was there. It was unreal. Unreal. That kid, you know, he might have grew up to play for Murphy. Who knows? He might He might, he have. might be the quarterback at this point. He might have. That's anyways, a great story. Anyways, yeah, that's 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 what I know most about Murphy. They got, a, they got a casino up there, too, I think. I didn't know that either. They got like a Harris Murphy or something. Huh. I think it's like a, like a crappier of version of Cherokee, Cherokee, which is kind of like crazy, but. Ah. <sighs> Anyways, well, sorry to interrupt. So no, those ahead. are great. I'll let you take the stand. Great little bits there. Uh, I got most of my information from the internet since I've never been to Murphy. But um, Murphy is in western North Carolina. For those of you who couldn't hadn't figured that out, uh, it's nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's just north of Blue Ridge. I mean, it's real it close is. to Blue Ridge. So. It's in Cherokee County, and Cherokee County borders Fannin, which is where Blue Ridge is, mm-hmm. and Union. Yeah. So it's on the Georgia Georgia border. What was that? That scream sound. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of ro- let it roll off of me. I didn't well, even let's, think let's, about let's it. Let the pro- let's let the podcast breathe for a minute. Is that a real loud frog? 
That was a bizarre noise. I don't know if I've heard that one before. Unnatural in nature. (laughs) Go ahead. So, Murphy up there in Cherokee <laughs> County is the uh, county seat. Um, it's a small town. It's like, They've only got like 1,800 people up there, which kind of surprised me. And uh, there's only one zip code. Here we go. 28906. Second two. Second two. So, in the Carolinas. Uh, it's up in the mountains, as I said. The elevation up there is 1,604 feet. And it's an old town. Murphy's an old town. It dates back uh, to the 1830s. Um, it sits at the convergence of the Hiawassee and the Valley Rivers. And I thought that this was interesting. This came from the Town of Murphy website. The Cherokee name for uh, the Hiawassee River was Tolana Ye, which means the leech place. I'm sure you absolutely killed that pronunciation. <laughs> I bet you, I bet that was perfect. Well, I, I do what I can. Uh, so it's called the Leech Place because there's a legend about a giant leech named Tolanacy that lived, lived in the river there, which I thought Dude, was really neat. How is that not their mascot? Yeah, the Murphy Leeches. That would be really or cool. That, or however you pronounce that. I think that'd be tough for them to say, too. So maybe they're the leeches, but that's their mascot. No, but see, if, if it's been there since, you know, the beginning, yeah. everyone would know how to say it. True. I I like that. Maybe that's what we'll call them. No, we don't know how to say it. Uh, and we'll never know. Like, who, who, I mean, There's no one we can ask. Yeah. It's not like somebody that listens to this pod is going to be like, oh, I know that, that pronunciation. This is how you pronounce that in Cherokee. <laughs> uh, speaking of Cherokee... During the Trail of Tears, Ugh, yikes. Uh, Fort Butler was built by the U.S. Army in Murphy, and it was the main collection point for Cherokees east of the Appalachians. So that's like how they were in put into internment camps in Oklahoma. Depressing. That was. Uh, another note that I learned is there are three high schools in the county, Murphy, Andrews, and Hiawassee Dam. And in a strange move, the Board of Education in Cherokee County voted to combine the, the three schools by 2025. So I, I guess that's for funding purposes or something, but it seemed kind of odd there to me. Um, getting into Murphy High School specifically, they have 451 students, which is comparable to Commerce. Very comparable. I think Commerce is like 470 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they compete in North Carolina's Division One which is the smallest class. Kind of like our single A. It is. Uh, Murphy is best known for one man, and and that is their former head coach, David Gentry, who is the winningest high school head football coach in North Carolina history. He's 23rd ranked nationally. Uh, for reference, Larry Campbell at 477 wins from Lincoln County is 6th nationally. Um, David Gentry had... 426 wins in high school, and 366 of those came at Murphy. Uh, He coached at Murphy from 1983 to 2021. And in 2021, it was really interesting because North Carolina deferred their football season from 2020 to the spring of 2021. So they had two football seasons in 2021, one in the spring and one in the fall. And, uh, Gentry decided to come back and coach in the spring, 
and they won a state title, uh, their most recent, and then he retired. Rode off to the sunset. Rode off into the sunset. How, how else do you want to go out? Uh, Straight to the casino. <laughs> Lost all his money. He's back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Probably not a gambling man, if I had to guess. Um, he, he won nine state titles there. That's the second most in North Carolina history. Uh, Murphy's won 10 overall. Uh, the, the man in charge right now at Murphy's name is Joseph Watson. I've also called it or seen him called Joey. Uh, Coach Watson is nine and six up there at Murphy. They went nine and five uh, in the fall campaign last season and lost in the state finals. Uh, so a good season for them, and they're 0-1 uh, right now. Um, you were talking about the other night some familiar opponents that they faced in uh-huh. the fall season. What do we have there, Dino? Yeah, so uh, last fall they played Raven County uh, at home, and they lost 59-14, to mm-hmm. which hard to gauge because everybody kind of got, got crushed by Raven and until they actually you know go on, either on the road or South Georgia comes to them. <laughs> Usually they got to face South Georgia at some yeah. point. Is Raven County's problem? Uh, Union County, which is wow, that's a noise again. No, that's a truck. Uh, anyways, Union County, which is a more familiar opponent uh, that you can get a better, better, better read on. Yeah, uh, they beat them at Union, fifty-four to twenty-four. Yeah, so that was a pretty. Notable result, at least if you're looking at it from common opponents. Yeah. Um, offensively, they set up in the wing tee. So one thing I've learned about Murphy is they do run the ball a fair amount. But if you were comparing them to Commerce, they, they throw the ball a little bit more than Commerce. And I think the main reason was is they got some guys that can throw it and they got some guys that can catch it. Uh, their key players start – with senior quarterback Cole Laney. Uh, he scored the only touchdown uh, that they had last week against Franklin. Um, good running back up there, and maybe his brother, Ty, Ty Laney. He had 1,200 yards rushing last season, 11 touchdowns. Uh, Will Johnson's the tight end. He's a favorite target of Laney. Uh, and then I learned that they have a, kind of a strange offensive line. So it, you know how sometimes at really small schools, like you'll have a big whopper on the offensive line, oh, yeah. and then like a bunch of guys that are like regular size. Mm-hmm. That's the way Murphy is. They average two hundred and fifty pounds across the line, but the average is skewed because of big old Ricky Queen, who tips the scales at three hundred and forty pounds. Whoa! Uh, maybe the one of the biggest high school football players I've ever heard. Oh, I can't wait to see Ricky Queen. Three forty. What? Yeah, Do you have a height? No, I, I didn't say a height. So that makes me think that he's probably like five ten. We'll see. We'll see. We got to get a height on Ricky Queen. Uh, I got to get eyes on, on this. Sounds like a hoss. Probably he probably don't have much of an online presence. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? I never know. Richard Queen, six four. My Six word. A mountain of a man. Dude, you gotta change your name to Big John. <laughs> you have to. My man Ricky's gotta change his name to Big John. That is a big guy. A whopper, dude. Twenty twenty four. So he's a he's a, he's a, junior. a junior. He's got another year to grow. Man, oh man. 
Uh, one thing about Murphy. Wow. That, <laughs> let's just bask in Ricky's size for a second. A Dude. moment of silence. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Uh, one thing I think will play in the commerce advantage is that Murphy plays a, everybody both ways. So there, there's not a guy on offense that doesn't play defense. Um, so that, that may play into our favor. Um, I also think we, we can't let the pass beat us. So Laney's their quarterback. We can't get beat deep. That That's one thing that we've seen in the past is we can let up an easy touchdown or give up an easy touchdown through a, a deep ball. Um you got any thoughts about the game Friday night, Dino? No, but there was another Richard Queen. <laughs> Did you know this? No. There's another Richard Queen from New Jersey, class of 2013. He signed with UMass back in 2012. So uh, Probably played Georgia once. He was 6'4", 265. Huh. Richard Queen might just be a, football, a big, guy a big name. football name. Um, no, you know, Murphy hadn't. Before last year, they hadn't had a single-digit win year since we were in high school. Yeah. So you know we got a good a good team coming down to Commerce. Good to play. program. So, what are your thoughts on? I I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, I think it'll be a lot like last week in the sense that it'll be pretty physical. I don't think Murphy. I think they're going to play hard. Um, I don't think – unless we beat them with speed, I don't think we'll get a whole lot of long runs because I think their defense will pursue very well. I, I think the key, though, for Commerce is, is we are going to be fresher than they are late in the game because we only, we only have two guys that are going both ways where yeah. they've gotten, I mean, pretty much everybody going both ways. Kind of like last week as far as, you know, trying to wear them down. Yeah. Similar, similar game plan, I think. So we about wrapped up. You got, is this where we want to do predictions and wrap it up or what? What you got? Anything left to run through? I think that's about it. I hadn't really thought about the score. Um, I think I like Commerce 28, Murphy 13. Okay. But closer than the score indicates. I think Commerce might break one late there. Okay. Uh, I like Commerce. I like Commerce 27-21. Okay. Uh, I like that score. Honors the line that we talked about yesterday with FYN. Yeah, I think if I was setting it, I'd probably – so last week I think I would have set it Commerce underdogs by probably three. You know, pretty close to a pick em, but going on the road – did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Was that is that a frog? I think it's a frog. Okay, it's a loud frog. Uh, but I, I think Commerce would probably, if we had the line, it'd probably be somewhere along favored by by three, maybe. It's hard to tell because the lines that we use kind of use that historic. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would be Murphy. I don't know. Uh, it would have been interesting to to have this line. Uh, but yeah, I like Commerce by you know three to six, one score. I think it'd be a good game. Hopefully, the fans come out and. And cheer on the Tigers. I think it, I think it's gonna be packed. I do. Yeah, too. I think it'll be a real good atmosphere tomorrow. Home opener is always big. As long as the rain holds out, mm-hmm. uh, we'll keep you guys updated about the weather conditions tomorrow night before the game. But 
If you got a raincoat, I'd bring it just in case. Is that it? Is that all? That's all, folks. All right. Signing off. We'll see you all there. Go Tigers.